Welcome to Beauties and Banter, a lifestyle podcast where we are relevant, witty, and opinionated. Okay, y'all, the banter is brewing. It's time to sip some tea, so let's get into it. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Hey. How are you today? I'm doing good. How are you? I am good. I'm so good because we've got a guest in the studio today. More guests. So today we have um, in the studio, we have Miss Larvetta. So we're doing another podcast party. So hey, girl. Hey. Hey. Hey, Larvetta. We just need to have some drinks the next time, okay? Yeah, we need a pop some okay. champagne. Okay, I'm just saying. Okay, we have been giving house rules. Mm-hmm. Whenever there's a guest, <laughs> we have champagne. Have some champagne. We got you. That's funny. I uh-huh. had intentions on bringing something, but I was like, I had to go somewhere else first, and I wasn't driving. I was like, I'm not carrying a <laughs> bottle around with me for this whole thing. And I barely made it here on time myself, so next time. <laughs> That's all right, next time. <laughs> we just got water bubbles today. It's yeah. Okay. Right. <laughs> we sipping on non-alcoholics. <laughs> sometimes that's good. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I agree. So it's so funny because um, Larvetta and I have known each other for a couple of years now. And the reason why we met is part of what we're going to be t- kind of talking about today. Um, I went to a conference, like a a, a workshop conference type mm-hmm, thing mm-hmm. here in Chicago. And Larvetta was speaking at that. Um, and she had given oh. some points on. <laughs> yes, that's how, I, that's how we met. I, oh. I remember you had given some points on. Um, I think it was like how to present yourself beyond your business card or something like that. Oh, mm-hmm. what does your business card say about you behind yes. your back? Yes, 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 yes. I yes. am familiar with it. Okay, yep. That, and that, that is me. Larvetta said <laughs> some... your signature. Right. Larvetta yes. <laughs> said some things that was like, wow, like I want to meet this woman after this. And one of the points that she made is... If you want to meet somebody, you want to get to know them, you ask them out to lunch because everyone has to eat lunch, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, yes, everybody does have to eat lunch. I was like, this girl just spoke to me. She dropped some gems on me. I'm going to go ask her to lunch. She can't tell me no. <laughs> she did. So you just preached it. Right. I just you preach, boo. So I walked up to her as everybody was in line. I waited and letting everybody have their little space. So I was like, walked up to her, introduced myself, was very excited. I was like, so when are we going to have lunch? When are you available? And she was like, oh, okay. Well, I did just say that. I was like, yes, she did. She's like, and I have to own up to that. I was like, yes, you do. She was like, this is the email that you send this to, and I promise you we're going to get together. We're going to have lunch. And that we did. We hit it off, and we have been friends ever since. Mm-hmm. And we also have been neighbors. neighbors. Yeah. And we've grown closer um, and have a lot of things in common, such as entrepreneurship. And that's why we're here today is to talk about that, is lessons in entrepreneurship. So thank you, Larvetta, for taking the time out to come, because we've all, three of us, have had that entrepreneurship um, experience mm-hmm. in and out of the boardroom um, and done different things. So I can't wait to dive into this and go into more detail. Yes, I'm excited. Yay. You know, this is who I am. Fortunately and unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about you and your journey. So, you know, every time I think about entrepreneurship, I think um, about how it how for me, it really was started off as a little girl because, mm-hmm. or even just as an adolescent, because I was a babysitter in my building. Mm-hmm. And when my parents told me I couldn't get something, I was like, oh, okay, well, let me go try to find some money and I'm going to get it myself. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, back then it was the coach purse and things like that. Mm-hmm. So they bought me my first coach purse, but I wanted another one. So I said, if I could get me a client list of, of, of kids, you know, I could have like three, you know, three clients and I can make my money to get me a coach purse. Yeah. Well, interesting enough, I had one, then I got another pair, then I got it. So I ended up having like four 
parents as clients and they were on rotation. So now, you know, back then, (laughs) you know, you talk about subscription service. I had a subscription service and didn't know that I had one because I had the box. Yeah. Babysit a business. That's sometimes what you have to do. Right. Yeah. And so I did that. And then when I was in college, um, I, we were short with my tuition and we, you know, I went to a black college and, um, I'm sure you guys have heard of freak Nate. Uh-huh. Um, and I it was went down in the A. I was in the A. I was in the ATL. <laughs> and um, Clark Atlanta, that would be, just for the record. Uh-huh. And the first year I went, I had a great time. And the second time, I was like, hmm, I can make some money. Oh. And my tuition was a little off. So literally, I was like, I got, at the time, I got my good friend. He's a guy. And then I got my... Um, he was my boyfriend at the time. And I was like, look, guys, I think we should come up with a T-shirt. And mm-hmm. we came up with this T-shirt. We we literally was in the graphic designer's home. We slept overnight at the home because we were trying to figure out, you know, what it was it going to say. And we were, we were brainstorming and we were trying to figure out the right thing. And then I popped up at like four o'clock in the morning and just ran with it. Mm-hmm. And the guys woke up like, yeah, let's do it. Let's do this. Let's do it. And so... Literally, we produced that T-shirt. That T-shirt ended up on Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Wow. And it was huge. But but technically, that's illegal because you have to have a permit to be able to um, sell (laughs) T-shirts. Out at the Freaknik. Out at the Mm Freaknik. So, but we were so cool that we had book bags. We put all the T-shirts in the book bags. And we created a... Um, we had a car and we put all the t-shirts in the car. So we would meet, go, go sell our t-shirts, come back to the car, re-up and go back. Mm. So we did that and our t-shirt, and here's a lesson that I think everyone should really understand when it comes to ideas and your intellectual property. We didn't know that our designer at the time, Mm. he ended up selling, he ended up giving it to other t-shirt vendors. And so we saw he other. designed it. He designed mm-hmm. it. But what happened was he didn't really. We told him. So yeah. we told they, him. Yeah. But, you he know, he put concept. it together. Yeah. He took our concept and, and he, he, t- he owned and, the design. And he literally yeah. was like, um, he let these other t-shirt vendors go out and sell. Now, what I will tell you is that as much as we weren't knowledgeable. I mean, we didn't know how to do yeah. this. We didn't know. We just knew we wanted to make some money on a May $5,000, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that money was money that we had, you know, for tuition, for school, which is, it was literally like, that was a lot of money in the yeah. 90s. That's a lot of money. So, yeah. heck, it's a lot of money today. I was just say, it to like, me. So if somebody, just gives, if somebody right. just gives it to you and it ended up there, we end up, so the guy, one thing he did do was, he lowered our price of our t-shirts. So our revenues were, we could make more money and profit mm-hmm. um, because our t-shirts were so inexpensive yeah. and he charged them a little bit more because it was our idea. And again, we didn't know then. And that's the thing that helps you, you know, many of us have these great ideas and we turn it, but it doesn't necessarily mean it turns into a business. Yeah. That was a great idea mm. that made great money. But that doesn't necessarily mean that I should start a t-shirt business. Right. Very true. So is that to say then that everybody that has a great idea shouldn't be an entrepreneur? Well, you know, that's, you know, that's my position on that because I didn't solve a problem. Yeah. I didn't. I just literally said, here's an opportunity. Here's an idea. And here's an opportunity. Let's run with it. The problem we solved, to be honest with you wasn't anything that was like, oh, we got t-shirt. It was called, now we can solve a problem. Meaning that people, when I posted it, people said, I remember your shirt, bring it back. Wow. Now we could solve the problem of being vintage yeah. and mm-hmm. being nostalgic. Yeah. So we could create a business that is about the, the nostalgic black college mm-hmm. experience. Mm-hmm. So we are able to do something like that. So we've talked about that and be able, so literally, um, you know, that entrepreneurship bug was in me. Yeah. It was just innate. And, um, you know, I went to school. I went to school to become a reporter. Hmm. Um, and I knew that that's what I wanted to do. Like, I wanted to 
I wanted to tell stories. That's what I wanted. How did to do. you go from being this reporter to being this big entrepreneur? Well, <laughs> here's what happens. I, I I literally worked at CNN as an internship, mm-hmm. and um, the producers were they. Um, I had to go do a story in a Jewish community. And I was like, what? I don't know, black guys on the special. Why are you taking me to this Jewish community? Mm-hmm. And so his understanding was you need to have, you know, a broader spectrum of the world. Okay, cool. Um, but the story was about, I can't remember, but it was a story that was literally inhumane. Mm-hmm. And it, I was a little emotional about it. And so my producer was like, you got to kill that. Mm. You can't have any emotions, Larvetta. You got to kill that. And I was like, I know, I know. You know, so I was like, I know, I know. But, like, can I just have this moment for a minute and I'll get through it? He was like, if you continue to do that, you're not going to be a great reporter because you can't be opinionated and you Mm. can't take your emotions with you. So I literally was like, how do I do this? And my producer told me um, that I worked on a show called Talk Back Live. And he says, I don't think you're going to cut it, Larvetta. And he says, I think you have great energy. I think you possess what it takes. But you, as a reporter, I don't think you're going to be able to do this because, you know, being Mary Jane is how it works. That's the name of the show. So they pull it from there, I guess. Talk, talk, talk. Yes. It's crazy. So it's funny that you say that. As soon as you said that, I was like, wait. (laughs) And so, but it was very different. So Talk Back Live, the difference was... You had um, audience members in the audience, and you were going on the street, and you were talking to them and saying, like, let's just say, let's talk about uh, uh, the color pink. Mm -hmm. And you would just go up to people, and they would just start talking about pink. So you would just get random people, and we had an audience of random people, and we just talked about it. It was before its time, because it really is what the world is, podcasts and everything Mm -hmm. else. But it was a fun show. I love the show. Uh, but my producer was like, Norbetta, you're going to be great as, and it's funny because he says, you're going to be great when you can facilitate the conversation. Mm-hmm. You can't be great as a reporter. And I'll be honest with you. I was devastated. Mm. Um, I worked hard. I looked at Linda Yu on ABC mm. in Chicago. She was yeah. my idol. Um, I was like, what? Linda, you did it. Like, why can't I do it? But what I figured out was in being, like, being married, there can only be one. Yes. And the idea is that the one has to be so cutthroat. Like, you can't come in smiling. You can't come. You got to come in. You got to come in cutting people. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have it in me. Yeah. And so the producer was nice, but not nice. Nice. But not nice. Because at 20-some years old, what he said hurt me. Yeah. But he wasn't so bad that, you know. I, right. It pushed me to say, okay, now what? And so mm-hmm. that um, was hurtful. And I worked the Olympics a year. When I graduated, I worked the Olympics. And I worked as a camera girl. When they were in Atlanta. Um, when they were in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And my producer there was like, you know, he was like, Larvetta, um, I don't think you're going to cut it. Because in production... They do a lot of screaming and hollering and cussing you out. Mm-hmm. It's all they do. Oh, so, wow. no, seriously. They will say, what are you doing? I mean, yeah. they just go in. And I didn't know how to handle that because I, that's not what I, that's not my energy. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. for me, I was, you know, panning the, the camera and he would be like, what the F are you doing? And I just, but then here's the thing, guys. We go back into the production van. Hey, Larvetta, good job. Yeah. So it's just how it is. And so I just was like, I don't think I can do this production work. So, uh, so fast forward, I got into, um, I started, you did a little bit of TV and production work. I was supposed to work for the uh, Arsenio Hall show in production. And um, when his show got canceled, the whole team, you know, we didn't have a job. Mm-hmm. And so I said, I'm going to come to Chicago. And my friends were like, maybe you could do PR. And I was like, okay, because you could, you're the spokesperson. You're the person that mm-hmm. literally mm-hmm. will be able to make the statement on behalf of the company. Yeah, I was like, I, same could, skill I was like, the same, I was like, I could do this. Um, but it was a different kind of writing because TV is, you get to the, 
TV is get to the point. Yeah. PR is fluff, 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 fluff yeah. Fluff, 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 fluff. <laughs> so it was a, it was hard to transition a little bit in that in that regard, but I loved it. And um, but I didn't like the media side pitching, like keep yeah. calling this, you know. So it was that part I didn't necessarily like, but I did love I love creating um, that story mm-hmm. and that public persona of that story. So that's really the blend of you know what I am today and being able to share these stories. And what I loved about the um, working at um, a PR firm was my mentor, who I love today, who has an amazing business, um, Michelle Flowers, mm-hmm. um, yeah. a Rose Flowers Communications Group. She gave me a chance. She said, there's something about you. Um, and I'm going to give you a chance because I was coming from TV and I, I was coming from a very different vertical because Mm -hmm. PR was very heavy, you know, fluff writing and I wasn't fluff writing. I was get to the point. And Mm -hmm. so she gave me a chance and that chance to me is how I was able to navigate through this space of marketing and advertising. And so I worked um, in freelance and consultant for two and a half years and landed a job, which was my only job um, at an ad agency in Chicago. And I had it for two and a half years. Mm -hmm. And then um, I quit because they didn't see my worth. And I quit. Mm -hmm. Um, They didn't see my worth. And it was a very dark place for me because my clients called and said, hey, Larvetta, are you coming to... um, we, we, this was a uh, automotive brand. It was GM. They said, "Are you coming to Detroit?" And I said, "Are you coming? You, you coming to see us next week?" And you know, you, you talk to your clients. You're like, "No, I don't have it on my calendar." Right. And she says, "Well, the whole team is coming because you guys won the award for best diversity campaign." It's like, "No, I wasn't aware. I didn't get any emails. I think we were still on emails. I think we just got the emails." But um, and so, literally, she said, "Wait a minute." You are not on this list. And um, so you were an instrumental part of I was campaign. an instrumental part of I had so just to tell you the story, Tom Joyner, who we know yeah. mm-hmm. um, and love, and we were pitching um, the to be the road show. So the idea of mm-hmm. using vehicles and going into what his sky shows, but it was the road show. Mm-hmm. Well, Southwest got to us fast, got to him sooner yeah. than we did and he they stole Kai Sky Show. Fly job. Mm-hmm. But he had already had that. So we yeah. just so the Southwest got the Sky Show and so we said road show. And so the idea is we gave him vehicles um in his hometown that he could actually, you know, be the ambassador. But the beauty of it was that they would roll up in these vehicles at the Sky Shows because part of, you know, taking a plane is you gotta get in the car. Right. Right. Absolutely. So we inked that deal. The deal was huge. So it was a huge win. And, um, yeah, I wasn't invited. Mm. And um, I went to the bathroom and I cried. Mm. And I couldn't believe that this agency would just completely overlook me. And um, But I was the youngest person at the ad agency. I was going to say, who who was on that list instead? The leadership? It was all the, the vice presidents, the directors. Mm. And I was this young, you know, marketing professional who was, you know, trailblazing and building her reputation. Uh, and they didn't see me as, as worthy to be able to be there. And so mm. I told them they offered me uh, an, more money and on another account, which was McDonald's. Mm-hmm. And I refused it and said, no, mm-hmm. I'm not. Because you never would have given it to me had I not brought this up. So is that what made you go out and start your own? So literally Friday, I think I quit Friday. Um, the client who I mentioned, who I had a great relationship forced the agency to hire me as a consultant. Yeah. So on Monday I was in business because I had an existing program that I, that I led Mm -hmm. and they were like, y'all can't do this without her. And so Mm -hmm. that's how I got in business. And Mm -hmm. I, you know, Consulted and freelance and one Bacardi business, got a huge contract from that. And it just literally, it just happened so fast. Yeah. But but like you say, you may have stumbled into entrepreneurship. And a lot of people say that, that it was like I was forced to because I quit my job yeah. or whatever. 
But it sounds like you had already been building that foundation yes. from your younger days. Yes. But yeah. I didn't have a plan. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't have, like, when people say, you know, I, I saved up all this money or, you know, I'm about to leave. I was like, no, I didn't do all of that. What was mm-hmm. my saving grace was that I traveled every weekend for the Sky Shows um, for Tom Joyner and you accrue vacation time, right? Mm-hmm. So when I quit, I had accrued all this vacation time, which you can cash in. So when I quit, I think I had like about $4,000 in it. Um, so that was my starting capital. Uh, and that was it. But I didn't have a plan on how is this business going to work? Like how I'm going to get staff, you know, things like that. So so let, let me ask you this. So do you believe that in order to be a successful entrepreneur that you have to have a plan? So, okay. I I don't, I would say... Yes, you still have to have a plan. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I say you have to have a plan because you have to prepare yourself for when business doesn't grow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you have to prepare yourself for that. And it can't be an emotion, even though it was an emotional decision for me, I don't encourage an emotional decision because an emotional decision isn't one that creates sustainability. So, can you have a, can you, you know, pursue entrepreneurship without a plan? Yes. But can you pursue a business without a plan? Mm. So there's a the thing. There's entrepreneurship and then there's business. Correct. The real thing. The uh-huh. real thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right? Because the entrepreneur, you know, and I say this, our entrepreneurship is a lifestyle. Yeah. It is not the position I take. It's a mm-hmm. lifestyle. So that means I can't travel with my friends and do, you know, elaborate trips. Because yeah. I Because for me, I really just can't afford it because I'm building this business. So I can't go out and buy bags that I want to buy because I'm preparing for... Until you get to a certain point. Until you get to a certain point. And I think that thing, too, a lot of people say, you know, there's a lot of, like, noise out there, I will say, around, like, choosing entrepreneurship over 9 to 5, quit your 9 to 5, and this, this, this. And I hear people say, and we've all experienced it, you will work harder yes. being an entrepreneur yes. than you will yes. a nine Absolutely. to five. Yes. Entrepreneurship Absolutely. is still a nine to five. It's it a is nine to nine. I was going to say, it's more than a nine and to like five. Said, it's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. So you can, you know, let's be real. You could, when friends come to town, you can go out for lunch. You yeah. can go out and say, hey, because you don't have someone that you have to report back to and say, hey, mm-hmm. uh, I want... And I always say that for me, it was about freedom. Entrepreneurship for yes. me was about freedom. So that I believe in having um, my tribe. And if my tribe says, one of my girlfriends in my tribe says, girl, I'm having a bad day and I just need to take a mental health, I want to be like, okay, well, I'm going to take it with you. Mm-hmm. And we're going to go and do something and build you back up. Or my tribe's mom passed away. You can't call you. Well, you know, this is my friend from, uh, you, honey, you, you you need to show up. This ain't your mama, you daddy. One, were you the one who told me that it's like you all have an agreement where if one needs you, you all come together? No, but, 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 but Maybe I will. Maybe it was someone else who said that. But that's it's funny. It one of my, two of my girlfriends from college, that's how we are. Yeah. yeah. We it's have. Like we agree to drop everything. Yes. And come to. We are like, we just lost, my girlfriend just lost her mom in October. And that's what we do. Yeah. My, one of my best girlfriends, she lost her dad and her son. Drop what I did. Yeah. But how do I tell an employer. Yeah. That not my mother, not my dad. Not my grandmother, not my grandfather, not really my aunt, my uncle, my cousin, mm-hmm. my girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Honey, oh, it's not. Um, it's right, oh, right. Oh, oh, you know, you, could you send her some flowers? Yeah. There's somebody I've been friends with. This is like my family. This is my yeah. sister. Like, but it's but they're like, it's really not. But it's not. Right. Right. The policy only covers immediate family. Mm-hmm. And you know, if you're not yeah. married, right? So then it's right. like. This is my immediate because yeah. your tribe is your immediate family. They're, they're the people that really are covering you when you have those dark days. So that's the part that entrepreneurship gives you that level of freedom yeah. that you don't, you can't get in a nine to five. Yeah. So entrepreneurship is great. All three of us have been entrepreneurs and are entrepreneurs. Oh, yeah. Um and we've practiced it at different times. I call myself a dualpreneur because I, I do have a full-time job, but I also uh, do my side business as well, too. 
With that and being I consider myself multi passionate, but I consider myself more a consultant and a freelancer. Nice. Mm-hmm. Okay. And with that being said, do you think that entrepreneurship is for everybody? I don't. Yeah. I don't believe it's for everybody. And I do believe that um people will soon discover that it isn't for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um I I was told by my girlfriend's son, he has known me. I mean, obviously, all his life because he's 15. He said, Auntie Larvetta, I never knew any entrepreneurs but you. Mm. And it just, it was like, wow. He said, that's all he's ever, like, he doesn't know me to have a job. He Mm -hmm. knew me Mm -hmm. to be his backup for his mom and dad when they couldn't pick him up. Mm -hmm. And he knew that Auntie Larvetta, because she she works for herself. So I, I think that, everyone can't because I do think there's a skill set of discipline that you have to have Um, because you know early in my business you know I got a contract with Bacardi it was like $175,000 so imagine that going into yo you getting a check now some people get that check and I can just go and just you're right Right. so for me it was like it allowed who you had to pay and what you had to get done vendor and what happens when they don't pay? So I got to make sure we got a little bit of, you know, yeah. a little bit so that when they don't pay, we have some money. And to be honest with you guys, my entrepreneurship fed my desire to get on stage because I wanted to mm-hmm. pursue theater. Um, and what it worked is that I was able to work six months and perform the other six months. Mm-hmm. So it was such a wonderful thing when I lived in New York. So people would be like, oh, Larvetta, you eat? And I was like, girl, we, we, we crush it for six months. Yeah. But just imagine, though, in a job, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. You can't have that freedom. Right. Exactly. So what entrepreneurship, again, gave me the freedom to explore some things that I wanted to do. And I did it. And I was like, okay, all right, um, this is not sustainable either. But it was fun. Yeah. You know, and to be able to do that. But that was it. And I think that you have to have a level of discipline. Um, and that discipline, you know, I don't want to say this. You have to be extremely frugal. My friends laugh at me. I look, you know, discounts, di- whatever we can. When we travel, they like, when we go with our better, she's going to make sure that we are going on a skinny budget. Right. But we're going to have fun. And not that we I mean, everybody isn't Mark Cuban, right? I think when we talk about entrepreneurship, we think of the Shark Tanks oh, and the, you know, Candy Birds. Dan and John. Right. But mm-hmm. before they, and I know. Before they got that. Yeah. Before they got there, they had to be like that. Uh, you know, until you and start unapologetic, they were on the, they were on the struggle bus. She like sure was. She sure was. You, you mm. oh yeah, she always talks about. She yeah. always. But I think one of the things I love about Candy is there's so much that I see in me and her because mm-hmm. the reality of it all is you want to build legacy, man. Because she was mm-hmm. doing like a food truck now. Rich. I mean, between c- c- what, candy coated? Candy coated. Yeah. That turned into bedroom. Bedroom like, candy. Just from talking to her mm-hmm. girlfriends about freaky stuff, that girl became the only black woman to own a sex uh, toy line. Yes. And, and it that was, has turned it into, and that went from her selling the toys to now a Mary Kay concept. I, oh my gosh. That's mm-hmm. killing The restaurant them. that everybody thought she was crazy for is doing well. Now they're doing They're about to truck. open, and they're opening up another restaurant yeah. as well. To another and location. I think she's talking about a baby line because with our baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah she Tucker, is. Yeah, mm-hmm. and she just did Broadway. Mm-hmm. So like you, you know, I mean, but it but gives which, her the freedom, right? Yeah. She so she started off as a writer, right? As a writer, songwriter. Um, you know, with a hit, you know, obviously they were, they were, you know, they yeah. still a hit, escape yeah. still a hit. Um, hey, but y'all. that, that, that songwriter. And so how do you know? So I think that in entrepreneurship, I think the other part of dis, dis, uh, being disciplined is that you have to be willing to pivot. Yeah. You mm-hmm. have to be willing to pivot. Talk talk, I was going to say, talk about that a little bit more. What do you mean by pivot? Pivot into what? Into where? So mm-hmm. pivot in a way that that thing that you were once selling Guess what? It ain't go. It ain't that hot. What's the other hot thing? You gotta and get a, And you gotta recognize that. I mean, and I think Kenny is a classic example of. She was realizing, like, wait a minute now, this song. I mean, I can make this money. We can't be out here bouncing around. <laughs> right. This ain't sustainable. These right. These are, these are cute, but I am getting these checks. But how can I continue to what reinvest? 
use some of this capital to be able to do that. So really, to be honest with you, songwriting became not hot anymore, right? Mm -hmm. So it's okay. You can go back to it. And pivot to me says pivot in a place to be able to drive on something that's relevant and that can cash, that you can cash in right now. Not something that says, I know I've been doing this for 20 years. Okay, if you've been doing something for 20 years and you haven't pivot, you don't have a business. Yeah. You do not have, because that is innovation. It is so, because that's what capital, that's how you're able to get capital because you have to be willing to pivot. Because when you sit down and you say, hey, I want somebody to give me some money, they're going to say, well, have you ever thought about instead of using a person, and I'm going to use quiz, I love QuickBooks, I love QuickBooks online. Mm-hmm. Instead of you having an account, you can have a part-time accountant, you can get your QuickBooks online, you can be able to do this and they can send out checks. So I know you have a person there, but right. maybe you can have that person part-time and then you, that's pivoting, right? That's mm-hmm. being able to say. It's McDonald's. You watch the founder. It was like Ray Kroc came in there and totally pivoted the way the McDonald's brothers did it, and he turned it into the global right, corporation. Right. Exactly. Not just from the franchise yes. aspect, but okay, you all are making like real life ice cream milkshakes. There's this little mixture that you can use to make like to make a it quick faster. milkshake. Yeah. There's this machine you can use, and I mean. You know, good or bad, the way he went about it, but that's what it was. It was like they had a good thing, but he yeah. came in there and, made it and pivoted it. To, and it wasn't just about you, like you said, it's being relevant, but it was also cost cutting. Because you, and, you, you, in order to do business, um, you have to be willing. You, you got to look at yourself and say, increase your income, decrease your costs. Mm-hmm. And so that's the idea of this. And so. If you if you can find a vendor that can get you this and decrease your cost, it means that you increase your profit, profit. which means that you mm-hmm. get to what have more revenue and more money. That I mean, you and it's trips and the bags quicker, quicker. <laughs> and, and speaking on on terms of that, do you think that it has to be like if you just have that one thing that you've been doing that that's going to be the thing that's going to make you all the money, or does an entrepreneur have to have multiple streams of income to be successful? I, I'm so. going. I always say you've got to have multiple streams of income because you could also have an idea that the world is not ready for yet. Mm. So you have to be able to do other things while the world catches up with your idea. Mm. Um, and I do believe that that happened, like. When I think about MySpace, MySpace came out too soon. Mm-hmm, if it had mm-hmm. come out a little later, MySpace would be killing it. We'd be talking about not Facebook, MySpace. We literally would be saying that. And so, but I also think that I think MySpace wasn't willing to pivot. Mm-hmm. That's what I believe. Because they were the first ones. They were the first they ones. They should be just they, as big as they sh- Exactly. Is. And so, the idea of it all is... You know, you, you, you can have this great idea, right? Everyone can come up with ideas, but you have to be able to execute that and execute it in a way that it can be pivoted yeah. into something else or being acquired or being sold. Uh, those, can you those talk are, about that a little bit? I, rem- I saw something recently where somebody said everyone should like set their business up so that it could be acquired one day. Absolutely. So that's me today. Um, that was my plan three years ago that this company so would get acquired. Before you do that, yes. what is your business? So, so I have a full service influencer marketing and communications agency okay. that primarily focuses on helping the middle mark com- com- middle middle market companies generate sales through female centric content mm-hmm. research and digital storytelling. So. realizing that that took me to pivot we were this events you know (laughs) we were doing this then we went into we do i mean we we are full service so can we do it all absolutely i have a team and i outsource and we are able to do all of that but the very the one thing that we're great at is that thing that i just talked about because for me it was about you know i was personally empowering women so most middle market companies don't know how to connect to women. Yeah. They don't have a female strategy. So why don't we come in and pivot and, and own this market? But we had also learned influencer marketing three years ago before it was cool. Mm-hmm. And so that became hot. So everybody's talking about that. And that's the hot buzzwords. But we came when we did that, people in the room were like, what's that? Well, right. Why are you doing that? So again, you, you got to come out. You got to you know, help the marketplace understand it 
And then you've got to wait your turn, if you will, right? Mm-hmm. You've got to wait your turn in that. So that's the part that, for, so for us, for our company, but I uh, worked with a VC about three years ago and wrote the plan out and said, we want to get acquired. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've worked at this for, you know, c- coming up to 18 years and I, I want to do explore some other things. There are other things that I want to do. But I never believe, I think we do a lot of opening, but we don't close and finish. Mm-hmm. And so I want to finish. Yeah. I want to finish what God created for me. I do. I want to finish it, not because I need the world. It's for me to yeah. finish. And But then at the same time, I no longer do this business for me. I want, I want black and brown girls and guys to see that. I know this black girl, she got acquired. It can be possible. Exactly. It's yeah. po- we don't have that in our marketplace. We don't mm-hmm. see that. We're not in the stock market, like ringing the bell and this is our mm-hmm. businesses. We don't have that. So for me, I built a plan that said that I would work at this for seven years. Mm-hmm. I would give this seven years to get acquired. Um, and so we were approached last year. And it didn't pan out, but I'll tell you something. I was prepared yeah. um, for it. I learned some really valuable lessons about it. Had an has an have an amazing attorney, um, and we're another person is coming back to the table now, which is kind of again kind of left field. And what you're finding out is that I needed that no or that thing to not work out, so that I now know what to say and how to negotiate and this and how to, you know, I want more equity. And because ladies, you guys don't have kids, right? Mm -hmm. So the thing was, um, the, the first deal, the attorney told me, he said, I know you don't have kids, but you want to keep some shares of the business Mm -hmm. for somebody in your family. Mm -hmm. And as women, you know, if you're single, sometimes you just like, gone right. you're not thinking yeah. 20 years from now um whether that's that niece or that stepdaughter or, or whatever or stepson or or maybe that's that mentee whatever that is you can leave that for somebody um and there it's there so he told me that you may say this today you don't have any kids today but you don't know that you could adopt a child you yeah, and you absolutely. lost out that child that opportunity children i think about women that do pass that don't have children how you see uh foundations being put in their name or other business or scholarships you know Mm -hmm. there's still a way for you to live yes and and let your legacy continue on and that's where he showed me what to say and prepared me for that next deal to know that no don't let him don't let them say because you're saying you know you can just buy you out and then you can go on no I'm gonna keep on. Yeah, I want a little bit. I want some of that shares that I want to keep one for me and one. They called it something else. One for that, you know that 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 family member that that legacy member. Yeah. Yeah. One thing is that I found that's interesting is face is like social media. So social media, they post different things all the time. (laughs) So they post this one thing recently. And it says, if you have time for Facebook, Instagram, and Snapchat, you have time for your own business. So we did just talk about that um, entrepreneurship is not for everybody. Yeah. Uh, do you believe that it's a one-size-fit-all? No. And that no. this statement is true? So the thing is, is that people who spend a lot of time on that, I do wonder if you doing all that, you can't be making no money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do say right. that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, now, strategically, do I think celebrities celebrities can do it? Because here's what happens: they're getting some rev- they're getting some royalty check or some mm-hmm. revenue coming in, so they know that they have to be there to stay relevant. But when you are building a company, and you will be surprised at the companies that I talk to in the middle market, you know, and some of them are making you know, 35, you know, million up to, you know, some of the 35 million. Mm -hmm. We don't have time for Facebook. We don't have time for this Mm -hmm. because they are building a business that's a B2B business. So they don't have to do that as necessarily, but it's something that they want to do. So Mm -hmm. I, 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 I agree that it's not a one size fit all, but it's also says, 
not all platforms are relevant to your business. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's okay to say, no, we're not on there. Yeah, we just um, do LinkedIn. We just do LinkedIn. You know, we don't really do Facebook, right? Yeah. And it's okay because I know people that say they don't do Facebook. Mm-hmm. They, they use it for their personal to share their kids, yeah. and that's it. So I don't think, and I think that, I do think that, People use social media. Sometimes I think people use it to dilute their business. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that oh, people that's like, a good point. That people realize. Because, again, if you're doing all of this, when do you have time? And we, here's the thing. Brands know this. Yeah. Because, you know, we have Verizon as a client. I remember them not kind of questioning, but they were like, well, you know, we want to make sure that you're focused on our brand. You know, so, um, you know, there's a part. Right. Are you doing this for us? Right. Or are you doing this to, like, get your agency Correct. up? Correct. And, like, look at me. Correct. So yeah. you got to be careful with, it. again, the, whoever your target is. Your yeah. target market is you have to be careful because some people, if you're looking for a job and you on social all the time, that's also not a good thing. Yeah. Because they're going to think, when you come up in there, that's what you're going to do. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah. again, you got to be... And as someone who manages folks at a company, I have had to have those conversations with wow. employees in the past. Hey, can you work and not be on Twitter? Wow. Hey, you know, can you all put your phones up? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we we don't because realize that can be an addiction. It can be an addiction. Absolutely. Yeah. And so some people will say, I mean, we see it, you know, whether it's you got kids and we don't we want you to be able to, you know, show up. Yeah. And you can't go home. You know, you can't. You got. We need you to travel and you got to go home and take care of your kids right. or what have you. So they're not norms that that I believe is right, but it is what it is. Yeah. Okay. Here's the last last thing to to kind of just wrap it up and um, finish up. There's one piece of advice a friend of mine gave me when I first wanted to start out into being an entrepreneur. And she told me that if you don't invest in yourself, then who will? Mm-hmm. So the first part of this question is, what's the best advice that you've ever been given as an entrepreneur? And then the second part of this is, what advice would you give to future entrepreneurs or people who would want to be an entrepreneur? And I think for me, one of the things that I would give is that you can't do it alone. You have to have your own personal, uh, what is it called? Board, uh, board, board of directors. Board of directors, yeah. yes. Advisory team, yeah, uh-huh. absolutely. Um, so one of the things that someone told me, a lot of people told me a lot of things, but the one thing that uh-huh. I remember was, and it just stays, stay, stay true to who you are, Larvetta. Mm-hmm. even as a business owner and I I, I say that um, that has sustained me today mm-hmm. because I did not I stayed true to who I was um, and those values transfer into your business because I remember someone telling me that my ability to be nice and kind so one of the things I, I share with my team is that we will always deliver with kindness and grace and humility. Mm-hmm. And I remember people telling me that that wasn't going to work for me. Mm-hmm. Like, girl, that's not going to work in the you, you You can't do that. And I remember that. People told me that that was not. And I stayed true to that very thing, um, which is why people today will say, um, how do you say, Loretta, how do you, how do you stay in it? Like, yeah. I have friends in advertising, like, that. they're like, how did you do this? I stayed true to do who I was. Mm. So I'm not, whether I was in that ad agency 20 years ago, I was still the same person I am today. Mm-hmm. So, um, but what I always um, would tell people is that literally is, you know, do the work. Um, because I believe that's number one. Yeah. Number two is do it with excellence. Mm-hmm. Um, and number three is do it with grace and with humility. And for me, that's what I would share with people because I believe that those are the things that people gravitate to you in business, that that's what's sustainable, that, 
people can say, I know when I work with Larvetta's team that, and so when you honor that, you say with your team, I say that with my team. Mm -hmm. So we treat the janitor Mm -hmm. the same way we treat the client. Absolutely. There is no difference. And sometimes the janitor might give you some business. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or help you to get in with the client even better. Yeah. (laughs) So that's a referral partner. That's an advocate that you didn't even know that you needed. So I have witnessed that over and over. Someone that I didn't know was like, literally, I saw you walking in with your team. You... You, you, you always, you know, said hello, you know, and so that's it. But, but my mother, um, always says to me, and she used to say, this is a challenge. She still says it today. She, cause my mother doesn't believe in the color. She says, treat people how you want to be treated, mm-hmm. treated and don't look at people based on color, based people the way that they treat you and that they are whatever they are. It's cause it's not a color issue. It really is a class issue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so when you know how to speak and and treat people, people know you have class. Mm-hmm. And they want to work with someone who has class. Yeah. So that, you know, that's that's the way that I see um for me and, and I don't I think even with my mentees whom I'm still connected to and they've worked with me in interns, I'm amazed at the work that they do. But they will come back and say, one thing you say, Larvetta, was do it with grace and humility. Mm-hmm. And they take that with them wherever they go. Because to me, you can start this way and completely pivot into financial. But you can still take that information and move it into that industry. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And Toya, what would you add? Best advice? Um, it was when I was moving to Chicago in my former company. And I got a chance to sit with one of the vice presidents and she had started her career earlier in sales too, you know, and now she was like vice president at this company. And I asked her like, as a young woman, you know, going into sales and going out into the field, the company that I worked for was like operations. I was going in like this field, like national account sales position, like what advice would you give me? And she was like, they're already going to prejudge you. Mm. you're young, you're female, and you're a minority. She was like, but what they won't be able to judge is the work that you do. So Mm -hmm. she was like, my advice to you is to do what you say you're going to do and establish that credibility, and they will have no choice but to respect you. That's awesome. That's some great advice. And I still remember that. That was over 11 years ago. And that's what I... Because I was walking into these rooms where I was sometimes not only the only woman, the only black person, Mm -hmm. you know, and then black woman on top of that because of the nature of the industry and the clients I was dealing with it. I'm going downstate Illinois with these, you know, manufacturing companies and I'm like, I'm your sales manager that's about to handle your billion dollar business with this company. Um, But... As much as they wanted to start it out, going over my boss, you know, going over my head to my boss mm-hmm. or looking around like, okay, where's the person really in charge? Yeah. You know, i.e. looking for the white man. Um, at a certain point when they started seeing I was the one getting stuff done, I was the one handling all their issues, then it was like, okay, we need Toya. And I think that same can apply in business. I agree. Mm-hmm. Whether it's a product that you have, whether it's a service you provide, and so if you're dealing with B2B or B2C, it's about excellence and credibility. Absolutely. And no matter what they may have thought, if you do that job and do it well, they will keep coming back. And then you can start charging a premium yeah. because you become irreplaceable. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Okay. And that was the best piece of, like I said, it's just good professional advice mm-hmm. that I that I have taken. And I, I try to apply it whether... In my career or when I was doing entrepreneurship, you know, when I was working with clients, it's like, okay, you may be raggedy, but I'm going to do my best to make sure that the work I provide you is not the same. And so even when clients upset you and I got to the point to where when I was freelancing, I would rather fire a client, you know, when I could tell it wasn't going to be right and I wasn't going to be able to really 
provide them excellence because of some things on their end or establish that credibility. It's like, let's just separate because this is not going to be ideal. Mm -hmm. And I want to live up to my standard of excellence. Yeah, I want to live up to my standard of excellence and I don't think I'll be able to do it. That's true. With this. Mm -hmm. That's true. Yeah. Okay. And I think that that's some amazing advice. And with that said, Larvetta, close it out for us and share with us how people can follow up with you if they have questions about entrepreneurship, if they want to do some business with you, um, how they can find you and all of those things. So first I'm going to say, please connect with me on Instagram. I am working on this web series um, that is on YouTube at Larvetta Speaks TV. It's amazing. And, so they um, just go to youtube.com slash Speaks TV. Okay. And we launched that in ooh, February or March. So it was five businesses in Chicago who are women of color pitching for capital. Awesome. And we have an investor who's in, investing in two of those businesses right now. So we have an episode that we're going to publish where the investor is really talking about why he wants to support this business. But part of the reason why I did this was because of the simple fact professional businesses were we becoming invisible. Everything was around tech. Everything is around um, the startup community. And there were business owners who've been in business, you know, three, five, 10, 40 years who were wanting to know how can I access capital mm-hmm. and um, and and what's necessary and knowing the due diligence that's required to do that. And um, please, please um, check out those episodes. And we're going to start, we're actually doing a big event the first week in June. So we're recruiting new women to participate in our series two of it. So that's going to be a private event. We will have the investors there. Um, but we will be inviting some interested business owners that are looking um, to get in capital in Chicago. Mm. So excited about that, that we're actually finally doing this rap party, but then it's a That's kickoff. Yeah, amazing. So I'm excited about that. Very excited for you. Tired about it all, but we'll, we're going to get, we're, we're going to get through that. So, uh-huh. but um, obviously my site is larvettaspeaks.com, but I am on LinkedIn, um, Facebook, um, what else? Twitter, or <laughs> I have to think about it all under Larvetta Speaks. My company is the L3 agency. So we are active. We respond to all messages, not as quickly as we like. So sometimes it will take us a little longer (laughs) to respond to those messages. But obviously, if you're interested in that side of the web series uh, and you have a viable business that's been in business for three years and you're looking for capital and you are looking for some resources to help you scale that business, this might be an opportunity for you to have a platform to talk about that business. So I'm excited. So that's LarvettaSpeaks.com is my website and the L3Agency.com is our agency website. So be sure to check out Larvetta. Be sure to reach out to her. If you have somebody that you know, a friend or a family member that's in business that needs some funding or some capital, doesn't know how to get that access to it, reach out to Larvetta. She is here to help out minority businesses to expand and to grow. Well, we're going to say bye for now, and we'll see you all next week. Oh, bye for now, and we will talk to you all next week. Yeah, because we're not going to see you. That's not. Unless we go live. (laughs) Bye. 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 Bye.